For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, just got off the airplane like 30 minutes ago and got back home from being in Tampa, Florida for that Bucks rams game. One of four unbelievable games in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And Emery Hunt and I, the star of this show, will go over some of the lessons that we learned from those games i'm home emory but you are not where are you i am in pasadena california getting ready to go attend uh the nfl pa bowl which is this week it practices kickoff tomorrow um and the game is on saturday but i'll be doing three days here tuesday wednesday thursday then i'll hot tail it over to vegas for the for three days of the east west shrine bowl uh which is you know thursday friday saturday and their game is i think is on thursday of next week so Two all-star games out here on the West Coast. I uh, can't wait to get get it get it going. Why is the Shrine Bowl in uh, Vegas and not Florida like it always used to be? They moved it. New people took over the Shrine Bowl and they moved it from St. Petersburg to Las Vegas. Um, and you know, I was torn because I love going to St. Pete. You know the layout. You know the practice schedule. The 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 uh, where they were at practice. The games. I mean, the practice was inside. Tropicana feel, so you have to worry about the elements. It was just laid back, Florida atmosphere. So they moved it to Vegas, and it runs uh, alongside the um, Pro Bowl. So it's good for the players to be out here. You're gonna have a lot of NFL teams here. It's gonna be at the Raiders Allegiant Stadium. Um, so it's, it's gonna be fascinating to see how it differentiates between Florida and Vegas because that was one of the issues the NFL PA Bowl suffered is that all these All Star games were East Coast based. So it was hard to get scouts to come out to California. If you choose in between California or Florida, everybody's going to take Florida. So now you kind of get a lot of scouts out here on the west side uh, visiting both games. Got it. Love it that you are there. You're hitting up both. What would you say, by the way, since we'll talk about it momentarily, we're going to get into some of the guys you're really going to have an eye on at those all-star games. Um, After we dive into the lessons we learned, from NFL scouting, for NFL scouting, from the divisional round. What is the difference between, in your mind, the NFL PA Bowl and the Shrine Bowl? Shrine Bowl is considered a little bit a little bit better, right? Right. It's, it, it goes like Senior Shrine, NFL PA, and, uh, you know, the other minors, like the Tropical Bowl, College Gridiron Showcase, like that. Uh, but the major three are, are these three. And you look at the Senior Bowl, maybe day two guys with some day ones, sprinkled in there day two day three shrine is usually day three late day two day three guys and the nflpa is late day three 
undrafted free agents. So they kind of are tiered that way. Now, granted, there's competition between the schools, I mean, between the programs, the bowl games. And so they are trying to get more uh, guys that are going to be drafted higher. And judging by the rosters, um, this is probably one of the best NFL PA Bowl rosters I've seen. They, they've done a good job because they do a great job of, of getting a mixed bag. You, you FBS all the way down to uh, the NEIA level and some uh, Canadian colleges as well. Um, and the Shrine and Senior team seem to go head to head, but the NFL PA is slowly gaining steam. And this week, um, and moving the game to the Rose Bowl as opposed to it being where it was a couple of years ago in Carson, California, having it here in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl is is huge. I love it. I've never been there. I'd love to be there. Um, I love following you on Twitter to see what you're up to at Fball Game Plan as well as Football Game Plan on YouTube. We've got a great YouTube page. FootballGamePlan.com/slash/2022DraftGuide. Look, it's time to engage. If you're one of the people, obviously, that listens or watches this show every week, then you got to get the draft guide. You know how many guys Emery has scouting reports on that he doesn't actually get a chance to say on the show. Footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. A reminder, I am at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And we are at Ross Tucker Pod for all of our shows. Of course, this show is available on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Before we get to some of the scouting lessons, I'll give you one lesson right now. Get the free fix finder service at AutoZone. You can troubleshoot more dashboard lights including your check engine light, ABS light, and service interval light. The free fix finder will give you possible solutions for your lights, all backed by verified technicians. It'll even send you your full results in a detailed fix finder report straight to your email. So you'll have all the information you need to take on the fix. If you need a little bit of help from a pair shop, AutoZone will even refer you to a nearby shop you can trust. It is the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes, and you can only find it at AutoZone. So next time your dashboard lights pay you a visit, just get in the zone, AutoZone. The word the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. All right, Emery. Let us start with I'll, – I'll let you start. I got four that I wrote down that jumped out to me from this weekend that I want to chat with you. Do you want me to start or do you want to throw one out there? You can kick it off. Okay. O-line, man. O-line. O-line in general and O-line depth. Now, I think that – a guy like Joe Burrow, as much as I love him, takes some bad sacks. I mean, Emery, he takes some bad, bad sacks. That's the next thing he needs to learn. But 
the Bengals O-line didn't help them out all that much, especially the right side of that line. They struggled. That's going to be a problem in Kansas City on Sunday. I will be there. So that, and then you look at like the Bucks. Donovan Smith had a bad game when they needed him to step up. You know, with no Tristan Wirfs, Josh Wells out there, it's a notable uh, drop-off. And even, like, you see some, certain teams like the Eagles, it seems like no matter how many old linemen get hurt, they plug a guy in and they can play and play well. That's not the case for some of these other teams. You need, nowadays, you need seven, eight guys that can play and you feel good about. So we already know offensive line matters, but watching the Bengals and then the Bucks without Werfs versus the Rams, who didn't have Whitworth, but Joe Nobloom played really well. Like you couldn't even know that Whitworth didn't play. I think that that was one of the things that jumped out to me for sure. Yeah, it, and I'll get to that in a second because that's a great point and observation. The, the one thing that initially stood out to me this weekend was something that I've said all throughout football game plans existence. And I think I said it last week on the show, when you watch these games, can you score? Can you take the ball away? To me, that's, that's it. Yes. Offensive line is important. It's vital. And we see, we saw that play out in multiple games uh, this, this, uh, this past weekend, but it came down to whether or not you had playmakers or you had people that could take the ball away. And you look at Cincinnati, it was far too many guys that can score the ball. And you look at someone like the Rams, guys that can put the ball in the paint. Buffalo, guys that can score, guys that can take the ball away. Same with Kansas City. So the playmakers just were enhanced here this past weekend in a divisional round. Tyreek Hill on that uh, play to get into field goal range. You know, the math checks out. He runs a 4-1. If I give him the football quickly, he can get 20 yards in two seconds. You know what I'm saying? So the, the playmakers and talent trumps all. And the, the tied into that first point, my first observation, or my second observation, and I throw it back to you, was when you talk about offensive line. And I, I saw this during the Bengals game. Everyone was saying, oh, all nine draft picks, or however many draft picks the Bengals have next this upcoming draft, should all go to O-line. And then I thought about it. I'm like, but, but wait, do we – the same people that are picking these all offensive linemen for the Bengals are the same people that put together this team of offensive linemen for the Bengals. So do we trust them to make those picks? And also, we, to bring up your point about Philly and uh, the Rams, that's the that's the other part of it. You could draft offensive linemen until you're blue in the face. Who's developing these guys? Who's getting these guys ready to play? Who's getting those, those backups or starters in waiting ready to play? And that's more important to have someone that can coach and develop offensive linemen uh, on your staff. And the, the last part of that is the fact that, and I know you probably agree with this too, Ross, the rosters need to be expanded to where you can have a lot of offensive linemen ready to go. Because O-line, D, O-line, for the most part, tends to play the majority of the game. Everybody else has substitutions. You know, everybody else can sub in and out. They're fresh. These offensive linemen be playing the entire game or at least 80% of it. Um, and when one steps out for a breather, you notice the difference. So they have to do a better job of expanding the roster. That way you have multiple 
uh, opportunities to get guys in and out and get guys fresh, but it also re uh, requires you to be able to scout, develop, and uh, coach the offensive line. Next one you kind of already touched on, skill depth, depth at the skill positions. I mean, the Bengals have a bunch of guys they can go to. The Rams get Odell Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson have a bunch of guys they can go to. How about the Bucks though, the other side? I mean, it was clear that there was a big issue with no Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown. Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, either they're they're not the same and or Brady just doesn't have the same rapport with those guys. And Brady didn't play great, but I just think you need to have depth at those positions and multiple guys that can make plays for you. Yeah, and here's the thing. When you have uh, multiple guys go down, and we see the Saints do a good job of this, like, you know, the next playmaker steps in and he's thriving. You know, so, you again, it's all about development. They're veteran heavy at the skill players. How much development is going on behind the scenes with younger players? Darton should have been able to step in right away and play because he was talented at North Texas. You drafted him. Why is he not ready to go and be that impact playmaker What's going on from a development standpoint? Are you solely relying on veteran guys to step in and play? Um, and and my, my point that, that I wanted to bring up was uh, when you look at the run game, and I tweeted this out uh, during the Titans-Bengals game, you know, if you – basically what I was saying, uh, I said Derrick Henry was a, a play-side dominant runner. Um which is not a not, not a knock. That's just his style. You know, if he gets to the line of scrimmage and, you know, just a yard behind the line of scrimmage, a yard past the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a hard time stopping him. We saw this play out in the game, but you saw what they did when they were able to diagnose that the run was coming play side or front side. They just set a hard physical edge and forced him to stop his feet. Then he just made a, a tackle at or behind the line of scrimmage. So, I've always said this. When you're stopping the run, stopping the run is about attitude and want to. The Bengals don't have the best run defense. The Bills have a very good defense. And we saw Kansas City have success running the football, running the football. So, you know, if you want to stop the run, yeah, technique and talent and scheme all plays into it. But there's a certain level of want to that has to happen in order for you to stop the run. I thought the Bengals, uh, DJ Reader more in particular, did a fantastic job and decided today was not going to be the day that they ran the football, and that's why they won the game. You know, another one, special teams. Never gets talked about. Nobody ever calls an off-season radio show in March or April and says we need to draft this guy, Evan McPherson, for the Bengals. Are you kidding me with what that kid was able to do? Then, um, obviously, Robbie Gold. What he was able to do, conversely, the Packers, how bad they were on special teams. I don't know if that's personnel or just coaching or what, but I think teams need to be more aware of special teams when they're drafting. It needs to be more of a priority because it impacted a lot of these games. Even, you know, Tyreek Hill had that punt return. The punter made the tackle, which is unbelievable, but it impacted a lot of these games. Even the the Rams got the better of the Bucs in the kicking game. And, and, and to your point, and I, we talked about this last year, and which is why I added that component to the draft guide of guys 
that are and I put those in notes of guys that that I was grading like core special team or core special team. You want to draft these guys so they play a lot of a lot of the game. Look at how Trey Flowers impacted the game for the Bengals on special teams. How many times we saw him run down the field in, in on punt coverage and force a fair catch or make a one-on-one tackle in space to down the returner back on the end so the Titans had a long field to work with. So if you are able to win special teams, it's it's important. And my last takeaway was uh, from, from this weekend was, you know, we talk about uh, the clutch gene and can this quarterback win the big game? Can this kicker make this this field goal? Man, can this coach not tense up in the moment and make the right call? We saw Sean McDermott, you know, take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands on, you know, some fourth and inches, the fourth and one. You got a guy that's 6'5", 250, that's running through the defense. Like, why take the ball out of his hands? Or why punt it, you know? And Ty Bowles, I know you live by, die by, but in that situation, you know, it's knowing you're coming off of a kicker that barely, that, that, you know, that, whose range was limited, why sell out in that situation knowing the guy on the other side has beaten his number one versus the Blitz? You know, and you look at San, the San Francisco Green Bay game, how often uh, we talk about, you know, um, coaching McFlo- uh, uh, Ty LaFleur, uh, LaFleur, why are you not running the football? You, you, you're you basically putting the, making a game of Jimmy Garoppolo versus Aaron Rodgers game. You only had 10 points. The run game was still there. I felt like they got away from the run. Zach Taylor got bailed out, got away from the run. Joe Mixon was running the hell out of the football in the first half. He went MIA in the second half. So coaching in big moments, sometimes – the, the mistakes hurt you sometimes, you know, the team supersedes the mistakes, but man, you got to be able to lock in. That's why what Andy Reed, Eric B what those dudes did, Steve Spagnuolo, well, not too much his defense, but those two Reed and B what they did yesterday was huge. Having plays ready for, no one has a, a play for 13 seconds, right? They did. And that's where coaching being locked in, in the moment Helps you win the game. Last one, just speed. Like the Tyree kill, punt return, the Tyree kill, 64-yard touchdown to tie it up again um, or to take the lead again. The McCole Hardman play, it was hard to watch that Chiefs-Bills game and not just say speed is a big takeaway. Speed kills, man. That's the one thing you can't coach. Either you have it or you don't. And you, you saw a lot of it, man. And it's not just track speed like Chiefs have. It's football speed like Cooper Cup has, you know, to to really be able to smoothly run past the defensive back and track their football while not maintaining that while not losing his his speed. Again, man, it, it matters, man. If you're able to get to point A faster than your opponent is, you win. And the Chiefs showed you having world-class speed at receiver and also on special teams, it, it it hurts you in so many main ways. It puts a strain on your defense, change how you cover, change how you game plan. Uh, speed tends to dictate how you approach the game, and, and those teams that have it have a significant advantage. Before we get to uh, some of the prospects 
for the Senior Bowl. I'm sorry, for the Shrine Game and the NFLPA game. I did want to tell you guys, I started taking Athletic Greens recently. Uh, I never heard of it before, to be honest with you, but it's awesome for gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. Used to take a multivitamin like a lot of people do, but this is a multivitamin and then some. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, There's a reason why people and doctors a lot of times recommend taking a daily multivitamin. Plus, not only for me, the stomach stuff. You know, you guys see my press box food videos, okay? I need something like Athletic Greens to help me out with my stomach. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever, and it costs you less than $3 a day. So investing in your health, and it's definitely cheaper than the coffee that you're probably having every day. Here's the deal. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash draft. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash draft to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Emery, we'll start with the NFLPA game. Couple of quarterbacks, Akil Glass from Alabama A&M, Chase Garbers from Cal. Yeah, and and Glass was tremendous uh, all throughout his career. You talk about someone that won uh, in the spring. His team won the SWAC championship. Um, He won the Black College National Player of the Year. Uh, He's 6'4", 215, so he he has the the, the size that they look for at the position. But but it's someone that is not afraid to work touchdown and check down the passing game. And and it's been tremendous to watch his his growth uh, and his career. And he has a real opportunity – to be the first HBCU quarterback drafted, uh, I believe, since Tavares Jackson was drafted back in 2006, I, I think it was. Uh, so, or six or seven, one of those, I think it was six. Uh, but that's where he stands right now. He's been that good. And, and I'm excited for him this weekend. Garbers, when you watch on film, you, you notice yourself saying, like, man, he, this dude not bad, man. He's not afraid of pressure, um, he's got some mobility. You know, he's got some some it to him, some grit to him. Um, and, and so I'm excited to see how he competes here outside of that Cal offense. And that's always the key uh, for these guys because you think about Alabama A&M and how much they throw the football um, in that wide open offense. And, and the offense that the uh, Garbers was playing in the Cal, you take these guys out of that situation, throw them in a situation where receivers they're not used to, albeit talented, um, and see how they function so you can really get a good sense of, you know, player versus scheme. So I'm excited to see those two quarterbacks. Okay, let's get to some defenders now, including a DB from Delta State, Julius Falk. Listen, when you watch Julius Falk play, you're seeing someone that's very similar to LeJarrius Sneed, who plays for Kansas City. He could play corner. He could play safety. You think about a physical player. Um, he's an enforcer in terms of laying a big hit. He can press. So you could see him being a little bit scheme diverse on what you like. If you're thinking 
putting them at corner. You're thinking of, you know, how Pete Carroll runs his defenses or uh, how Leslie Frazier wants his his DBs to be versatile or how, you know, uh, the, the Zimmer used to run his defense. He wants corners that could beat you up. But if you want someone that could play across the board, then Leslie Frazier's defense would be an ideal fit. So I love the versatility uh, of Falk, and I just love the fact that he is someone that gives you four guys in one uh, as a prospect. And he's been on the radar for quite some time, so I'm excited to see him get out here and compete. What about uh, an edge defender that I know caught your attention from Louisiana? I wonder why. Chancey Manning. Hey, listen, you talk about uh, great defense. First of all, the Cajuns went 13-1, and won, and they won 13 straight games. So like I tweeted out before, uh, kids that were born after that Texas game don't know what a loss looks like for Louisiana. So imagine <laughs> their life right now. You know what I'm saying? So that's crazy. Uh, but Chauncey Manack, heavy hand punch. He got George Foreman-like strength uh, when he hits you. And he always has a knack for making the big play when you need it the most. So he's more of a, a power rusher but has a good sense of timing when to, when to use certain moves and techniques to get to the quarterback. And Gardner is someone that can play across the board in terms of linebacker. I love his ability as a pressure player, a blitzer, because uh, he blitzes with a purpose. So excited to see both defenders because they were a key cog uh, to what the Cajuns were doing on defense. A lot of people talk about Humphrey, the defensive tackle. Rightfully so. He's a big mammoth guy in the middle, 6'5", 330. But these two uh, edge guys and backers were tremendous all season long. Let's get now to the Shrine Bowl. And a guy we've talked about before, I've seen him play a couple times. I think he's a stud. South Dakota State running back Pierre Strong. Yeah, he is, man. And you talk about how today's game is played, how can you affect the game in all three facets. We spoke about that earlier in the show. And he can do that. Offense uh, offense and special teams, runner, receiver, returner. And when you have someone like him that can, you know, is a threat to score – from anywhere on the field, that's the type of person you want on your team. This past year, for for instance, uh, when they played North Dakota State, his first carry was a 75-yard touchdown run. I want to say it was the first play of the game. Uh, so that's the type of impact you have. We talked about this before, how he tore up uh, Colorado State. So for him, it's about just showcasing that explosiveness, that acceleration, that, that uh, versatile uh, ability within this game this week in front of those pro scouts. And then what about the kid from Nebraska I know we've talked about before as well, Samori Torre? Yeah, we brought him up in the preseason. And the reason why we brought him up in the preseason because no one knew who he was. But because I cover the FCS, I knew who he was. This was someone that tore up the Big Sky Conference at Montana, and they got a great grad transfer in Torre. And Torre is someone that has tremendous acceleration. So he's someone that you can see, like, uh, taking a slant to the house, you know, or taking a nice little turn route and getting upfield and then, you know, housing it. So he has very good explosive bursts uh, coming out of a catch or coming uh, through the route. So he's good on that end. And, and so when you're seeing someone that thrived at the FCS level, go to the FBS level and be a significant player, like he was their go-to guy in the passing game, that's the type of talent you want to see. So it shows you that his talent that you saw with the Grizz wasn't because of who he was playing against. It's because he himself is a very talented player. Lastly, let's get to a D2 kid, uh, Dallas Flowers from Pittsburgh State. Love the mascot, first of all, the Gorillas. Probably uh, the most unique mascot 
in college football. It's a fantastic mascot, fantastic football program. To be honest, they are usually contending for national championships. And just like Julius Falk, I brought up LeJarrius Sneed, well, for Dallas Flowers, his game and athleticism and everything he does is very similar to Dominic Rogers Cromartie. He's a tall kid. He's about 6'2", about 185, fantastic athleticism. He returns kicks and punts, so it tells you a lot about his foot quickness and his also his speed. And when you put him out there on the corner, he can play the field side or boundary side. We know the NFL game is there's no field to boundary, just playing in the middle of the field. Uh, so he can match up against anybody, has the speed to run with them, also has the ball skills. And so when you think about someone coming from a small college, going to the Shrine game, which tells you there's a lot of interest about him. I think he has a real chance to show up and show out this week out there in Vegas. Emory Hunt shows up and shows out every week on the College Draft Podcast because that's just what he does. Go ahead and check him out on social media, at FBall Game Plan. Football Game Plan on YouTube is incredible. And then, of course, this time of year especially, sign up to get the draft guide footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide next week episode is going to be epic because we go over the conference championship games scouting lessons and the senior bowl preview which should be awesome i'm at ross tucker nfl we are at ross tucker pod the keg is kicked we are all tapped out Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.